welcome to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, where building a thriving real estate investing business has less to do with subway tile and shiplap and everything to do with whether you've laid a solid foundation to support the life of your dreams. I'm your real estate lawyer turned legal educator host, Bonnie Galam. In my years building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, the most important lesson I've learned is that being a successful real estate investor isn't about secret strategies or ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic stuff right and staying laser focused. If you're an ambitious real estate investor or one in the making who's looking to build a real estate portfolio that's secure, streamlined, and creates a life you love, you're in the right place. Each week here on the show, you'll get clear, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you build your real estate business and some tough love along the way to make sure you're not building a house of cards. Let's get started. Hey guys, I'm Bonnie Gallum, host of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Guys, I'm really excited for this week's episode because I'm going to chat about tackling all the unfun stuff in our real estate investing businesses. Currently, guys, I am in full-blown end of the year recapping and evaluating and planning and all that good stuff for next year. And one of the things I've kind of noticed is that there's some things that I've just been pretty complacent about or like perpetually putting off because I just don't feel like dealing with it or thinking about it. And probably what is the most common scenario is that it just keeps getting bumped to the bottom of my to-do list seemingly forever. But I do really think it's important to you know, learn and understand more about tackling the tough stuff in our businesses because it can help us level up in quite a few ways. For one, we can start to uncover the blind spots in our businesses. And as a lawyer, there is nothing more dangerous than kind of those blind spots. We, we don't know what's going on over there and we don't really know um, if we're, we're protected. Second off, we can reallocate energy to projects that actually matter to you. And I see this one a lot with myself, where I have a lot of ideas in my head, and I can't pick which one I'm going to go with. And it's just perpetually sitting there staring at me this, you know, this one idea that I have probably no plan of ever dealing with. It's just a plan that I once had. And so just scratching it off and saying, not for me, not right now, maybe some other time, but I, I don't need to have the the mental space being held up for it. And the final one that I see a lot with, frankly, my clients and talking with students of Landlord Law School, which is that we often just put off certain tasks because we think of them as difficult or not fun. But, you know, deep down, these are often some of the most important parts of our real estate investing businesses. And you know I'm talking about the legal stuff and the tax stuff and the insurance stuff, all that kind of stuff that we don't really want to be thinking about. It's not the fun part of being a real estate investor. It's not, you know, the deal hunting and the rehabbing and the, you know, even finding tenants I find to be, you know, a more fun part of my business than than this stuff. And so if you're currently feeling like, you know, you're treading water or spinning your wheels in your investing business, then this episode is going to be totally for you as I'm going to break down, you know, the steps and tools that you need to lay out an action plan to seriously move the ball forward in the coming months on both the good stuff and the bad stuff. But even if you're making a ton of progress in your investing biz right now, it is always important to have moments to stop and reflect about, you know, what you've done, where you are and where you're going. And so some of the main topics we're going to be covering today include, one, how to identify and evaluate your weak spots so we can start tackling them and create a game plan to tackle them. I'll also be giving you my step-by-step strategy I use to tackle the tough stuff that you can implement in your business today. And third, why the mental shift that happens when you you know take the reins on the tough stuff in your business can actually take you to the next level. That's a fun little part. So stick around to the end. I think you're going to like it. At the end of this episode, make sure you visit my website where you'll find the show notes plus links mentioned today at bonniegallum.com forward slash 36. 
or using the link right in your podcast player. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you are subscribed so you're always the first to know when a new episode is released. So with that being said, let's dive in. And we'll start off with, you know, how to identify and evaluate your weak spots so we can start tackling them. And this metaphor that I'm about to share with you may resonate a little bit better with my female listeners, but I know that the men will still follow along. But you know how you're doing your hair? You can't always see in the back of your head. You, you need to have either a mirror or someone else to tell you, frankly, what's going on back there. Well, businesses can be a lot like our heads. We've, we've got these blind spots and we might be thinking everything's, you know, going well and everything's fine and dandy. But in the back, it looks like we've got a rat's nest <laughs> and it's not cute. And we could be walking around without ever realizing that. And that's where, you know, auditing and evaluating our business really comes into play. And I'll admit, it wasn't something that I did in the early parts of my investing career. And I do regret that a bit. Um, we were very much flying by the seat of our pants and kind of tackling problems whack-a-mole style. If they, you know, came up, we would deal with it. It worked, but it wasn't sustainable and it didn't move the ball forward, particularly in the back-end stuff of our business, the way that we we needed to because we were scaling so rapidly. And so over time, the little wastes of time or little wastes of money or energy became bigger and bigger. And I think a lot of times as business owners, we kind of expect to innately know that this stuff is happening or recognize that it's happening. But let me tell you, at least from my own experience, it doesn't happen that way, especially when it's it's so little. And in many ways, we just, we don't know what we don't know. So we're kind of carrying along with a horse with blinders and we don't feel what I always describe as like the drip, drip, drip kind of problems, uh, the leaky faucet problems that don't really seem to be an issue until the whole house is flooded. And thankfully, we never got to the point where the whole house was flooded, but it was getting to the point where we were getting annoyed and frustrated about the management of our businesses. And so I was you know, guilty as anything of being that, you know, happy little horse with blinders on until we hit that point of being fed up. And so eventually what we started doing is doing an annual meeting with my husband and I and then quarterly business check-ins. And if you are interested in like more productivity and goal setting type content for real estate entrepreneurs, shoot me a DM over on my Instagram at Bonnie Gallum ESQ. I personally freaking love this stuff, but I don't want to bore you with it. Um, at a risk of breaking the fourth wall here for a second, you may have noticed on the podcast over the last few months, I've created like more of a consistent content type schedule. Like there's an education episode, a guest episode, a Q&A episode each month. And this fourth episode, I've kind of been playing around with ideas in my head, but I haven't really landed on anything. Um, but I, what I am thinking is, you know, focusing more on the the productivity, the goal setting, automation, that kind of stuff. Uh, so if that sounds good to you, I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, and for the time being, I, I think that's where this fourth episode is going to go, unless you guys all message me and say, Bonnie, you're nuts. No one has interest in that. But anyway, let me break down what my annual like evaluation and planning looks like a bit. I will do a big annual audit. And I actually provide the legal audit template inside of Landlord Law School that I do every year. And it's a guide for me to see fundamentally two big picture things, what is working and what is not working. And sometimes the stuff is legal, like perhaps we need to update some LLC books or uh, update a lease. And sometimes it's communication, which I'll admit a lot of times is the biggest problems I have felt in our investing businesses. And that can usually be fixed with, you know, tweaking a contract or something. And Sometimes it's just realizing that, like, you know, our priorities were way out of balance there for a year or a quarter or something. And, you know, perhaps we were too focused on growth and not enough on the back end of things. Or sometimes it's the other way around, where we've spent too much of our time, like, with wheels spinning and treading water. And we we need to call some shots. We need to make some moves. And what I personally 
like to do to kind of keep track of this stuff is in my project management system, and this is not, I, I, a lot of you guys know, I use Appfolio for uh, tenant management. I currently am using Asana for my project type management. And I just keep a running list right in there. You can do this on your phone, like in the notes app. This does not have to be a complicated things. We start off with just using a Google doc and just literally anytime one of us thought of something, just dropping in the Google doc. And urgent issues are like, obviously, tackled immediately. But like, we didn't want to be thinking back like, hey, like, what was that thing that really bothered us like six months ago when we sit down to have this annual meeting? And because it's during that time that we'll actually map out the plan for like the rest of the stuff. And it's nice to have this dedicated time where we say, hey, you know what, this is where we're going to evaluate everything and then map out how to make it better. And so whatever those problems are, I try to make them goals for the next immediate quarter. And I've personally started doing our audit at the end of Q3. That way I can fix the problems uh, in Q4 as my big rocks and then start the new year fresh. It's also just personally really good timing for us in our business because we're coming over our coming out of our busy turnover season. If you're new here, we have a ton of student rentals, largely in Philadelphia, and they almost all turn over either August 1st or September 1st. And so it's a crazy few months with like the lead up to that and then the actual turnover. But for better or for worse, we tend to find all of the problems. <laughs> they, they tend to pop up during that time. Um, and so it's just good timing for us because we've are aware of what a lot of the pain points are that need to change, whether it's like, hey, this contractor totally sucked or this cleaning people sucked and we need to evaluate and find new ones or there was like issues or clunkiness in like a lease application. Uh, personally, there was a lot of you know legal changes <laughs> in Philadelphia and continuing legal changes and compliance stuff going on over the last two or three years. And so that's just been like something that every single year we, we seem to have to clean up and stay up to date on. And then... Also, it's, you know, what, you know, kind of CapEx can we kind of see? Because we, unless we go into properties as we need to, but generally speaking, the turnover season is where we're going into almost every single unit for the cleanup, for the move out, all of that stuff. And so we'll kind of get a sense of like what kind of CapEx a particular unit <laughs> might be in need for if we weren't aware of like a greater building type of thing that needed to be addressed. And I, I mentioned just a moment ago, and let me dive into this for a second about the big rocks. And so if you don't know what I'm talking about there is I personally love what's known as the big rocks method of planning, which is three big rocks, three big goals per quarter. And then I break them down further and further. And at the end of each quarter, I do a check-in and then set out the rocks for the next quarter. I'm not really sure who originally uh, made up this planning method. To be honest, I think it was Ben Franklin. And a lot of people have just kind of spoofed off of his like productivity tools. I know it's big in like the... Franklin Covey planning system. I personally use Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner. Just included that in my giveaway that just wrapped up. But it's definitely something that even if you just use like a checklist and Google Calendar, you can implement the Big Rock system into your planning. But personally, I don't really like planning out more than a quarter in advance. I'm not one of those people who's going to map out my whole next year and say, hey, this is my goals for Q1, Q2, Q3. It's That's just too rigid for me. I like to have the space to change and adjust and just mentally have <laughs> the knowledge that I can pivot if I need to. And essentially what you do is you set these, you know, three big goals, tackle them, and then you wash and repeat each quarter. And three just seems to be a very manageable number of goals. If you set like seven or eight goals, there's just not enough time in the day. <laughs> there's not enough time in the year for you to be tackling that much big, big stuff. I'm not talking like, hey, my goal is to like go to the bank. Like that's not it. It's much bigger than that. So let me just give you an example then. What this might look like from an investor standpoint is say like, 
So like Q1 goals would be one, create SOPs around tenant applications. Two, create and mail one direct mail campaign. Three, tackle a CapEx project, say like a roof replacement as a particular property. And that's it. And you may have noticed that I did like a cleanup kind of rock, which was the SOPs, a growth rock, which was the direct mail campaign. And then I saw like a maintenance rock, which is that CapEx project. And that tends to be how we try to break it down each quarter. But we've totally had seasons where it was like all CapEx projects. But that's just like an example of what you can do for uh, Q1. Because you can see that there's a lot of really big kind of sub steps that fall under each one of those things. And that's not to say that small things aren't going to pop up on a day to day. This is not like the three tasks and the only three things you're going to do for a whole quarter. But that little kind of stuff isn't what really what propels your business forward in leaps and bounds. These rocks are and having say three hours a week that you dedicate just to the rocks one hour per rock, that's going to ensure that you get there because you're constantly dedicated time to moving it forward. And now you may be thinking funny, okay, I get this <laughs> from a high level stuff, but we're talking about the stuff we don't like to do. And so if we've figured out that there's this opportunity for growth or change or protection or whatever, but you're like, I still have no will or desire to deal with it. So let me tell you a little bit about my approach because I am the queen of this. I'm the queen of procrastination. To be honest, I probably have some level of like undiagnosed ADD. I saw this reel on Instagram the other day and it was like, if you were in gifted classes as a child, you're probably a lawyer with ADD and anxiety disorder. And let me tell you, I felt very seen. I thrive under pressure. I can bang up my best work when I feel like mentally under the gun. But I've been, you know, really working on that a lot because I'm also in the, you know, the mind space the whole time that I'm super stressed out about this to-do list or juggling all this stuff in my head. And so I found that confronting this thing that in some ways can be a benefit. I can still, you know, procrastinate and feel that pressure, but just knowing that there's already a plan in place really has helped me move the ball forward rather than kind of being like a squirrel chasing all the nuts. And so when it comes to like the tasks or goals, I saw like we're on my to-do list for, you know, two years in a row. And that's one thing I do really like about written goal planning is that I can, you know, see, hey, this is what I had planned for 2021, 2020. That was, you know, a bleep show. <laughs> and that, you know, obviously got very changed in 2019 and go back and so forth. And it's like, hey, if this was something I thought was so important enough that I put it on my you know, annual goal setting for this particular year, but nothing happened on it was, is it either because it's not important to me? Did I not make time for it? Or like, what's the deal that happened here? And so we can evaluate and either scratch it off, mentally let that one go, or say it needs to be broken down and implemented. And we actually need to tackle this. Enough is enough. I mean, I, I do the same thing. I had, you know, some tasks that felt like they were being snoozed in my projects management system, like every single morning at 9am for six months. I just never felt like getting around to it. And I realized that when that was happening, that like something needed to change, either let them go, or let's get them mapped out and get them tackled. And personally, the way I've addressed this is to break down what feels like massive or daunting, or just straight up undesirable tasks into as a small of task as I can possibly think of. Like if your goal is to put, you know, asset plus asset protection in place, God, that, like, that is scary. It's a bit amorphous because it's frankly never truly done. Sorry, guys. But it's on its face. It's not really actionable. You can't just like check off asset protection. And so like my baby goal is to like make these little baby steps so freaking easy that I literally cannot say no. 
it needs to be like five minutes or less. So, so short each little step. So for asset protection, it might be step one, you know, attend one of Bonnie's free workshops. It takes 30 seconds to sign up. You can go to bonniegallum.com forward slash workshop. Done. Step two might be, hey, I'm going to calendar a time where I'm going to call my insurance broker to evaluate my current insurance. Boom. Done. Step three. I'm going to also calendar time for me to go through my lease and see what is working and not working and so on. And you know what? Let me give you one more example just to make this really clear. Let's use bookkeeping because nobody likes this. I'm convinced most bookkeepers don't even like doing this. Uh, I don't care how much you love Excel and labeling things. I love color coding as much as any other type A person does, but it's it's grunt work. It's like, frankly, it's one of those things that where you're, you know, you're working on the business, but it doesn't really move us forward. It, you know, yes, it gives us key insights about the health of our business. And it's one of those things as business owners that we have to do. And we can either do it the hard way and the messy way, or we can do it the easy way. And so, for example, to get myself into the groove, instead of saying, you know, do bookkeeping, I will say, you know, one, decide which accounting platform to use, like Zero or QuickBooks or just an Excel spreadsheet. And I will calendar it, the time where I will make that decision. I personally use QuickBooks. That's just what I'm going to use from here on out. And so step two can be create a QuickBooks account. And I will calendar when to do that. And then maybe a few days or next week, I'll say, connect my accounts to QuickBooks. <laughs> and then the next tag will be just make the categories in QuickBooks. And then the next task will be categorize 10 transactions, then maybe 10 more. And my goal is to create these little tiny bite-sized, like I said, 10 minute or less tasks for myself the shorter I can make it, the even better. And so I will calendar all of these things out all at once. And maybe that's a step of its own. Maybe that's even step number one. You know, write down all the tasks I need to do and calendar them. That's it. And that way, the time is set aside. A big thing I do, no matter if it's an easy task or an undesirable one, is block it out in my calendar. Because if it's blocked out and the time is allocated, I have found it will happen. If it's not, then you will find something else to fill that space. And so maybe eventually even get to the point, you know, carrying on with the bookkeeping reference a bit here, that, you know, the 10 transactions that you record a day, maybe just get to the point where you say, just have a standing 30 minute meeting every Friday that you carve out to do your bookkeeping for the past week. And then come January 1, you know, you're ready to hand over your, you know, past year's books to your accountant and go on your merry way. And I've, you know, I've tried to put this good business habit in place myself. That way it's not something that feels like a task. It's just part of the routine and the the really heavy legwork of like moving the ball forward and getting that stuff going was broken down into such easy, digestible little bite-sized steps. Something else, during the audit that I mentioned earlier, I also like to think of ways to make things, you know, not just checked off, but also easier. Like, what can I automate? What can I delegate? What can I just write down or create a guide for so I don't have to think so hard the next time? I think of this a lot of cases around like eviction type stuff where it's not something you're going to deal with every year, you know, God willing, but you don't want to be thinking, hey, what was that thing that my lawyer told me about when it's not a non-payment, but say it's persistent non-payment or a late payment of rent they're paying, you know, on the 25th of the month instead of <laughs> the first of the month every single month. Like, what was I supposed to do? What were the notice requirements? And just create yourself that little guide when you're in that moment. So that way, when, you know, unfortunately that situation might pop up again at some point in your investing career, we kind of already have like, okay, I remember I have to get that 60 day notice out or whatever. And I better do that now. That way I'm ready to go from with my lawyer in 60 days and we're not starting the ball from square one when I finally call my lawyer. And so that's just an example. I then, you know, kind of make a list of, hey, here's the things that I can automate, delegate, or create a guide for. 
a whole list of them. And then I sprinkle those tasks <laughs> throughout the year, uh, depending on how much there is in mind. It may just be like Q1 that it gets me through, which is, you know, part of that cleanup that I do actually Q4. But I like to do, you know, time blocking, like I mentioned, and having a weekly calendar days. Like I do finance Friday. I do client meetings on Thursday. I do marketing Monday because I love alliteration. And so on. <laughs> but for example, what I would do for, say, SOPs or automations is, say, back-end admin stuff happens on Wednesday, and I have six things I know I need to tackle right off the bat just based off of things that I found during my audit. And so let me just mark them as tasks during Admin Wednesday for the next few weeks, and then, again, literally put them in the calendar, and so that way you know they're going to get done. And what I really love about this approach of planning is that it, it works whether you've got 40 hours a week to spend on your investing business or five, like an hour a day per work day. And you get to create these goals that fit into the time that you actually have. Best yet, no matter whether you've got 40 hours or five hours, you're, you're making consistent progress. And that's really what matters at the end of the day is, are we consistently moving the ball forward? And that brings me to, you know, this mental shift that I mentioned before that happens when you take the reins on the unsexy part of your business and how it can really take you to the next level. And it's all got to do with one word, dopamine. And that's because there's a biological reason why it feels so good to check things off a to-do list. I I am a to-do list fanatic. I love checking things off and this explains why. And so, my thought is, if it feels good, why not give yourself more dopamine little hits by breaking it down even a little more? And it it helps propel you forward. You know, it's it's all part of like gamification and playing mind games with yourself, but it seriously works. So don't fight it. And we can get, you know, our dopamine hit through scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, or we can get, you know, one tackling something for our business. And I don't need to tell you which one you should be chasing. And there was actually this really interesting Harvard Business Review article I had read some time back. And I'll link it in the show notes. It's called The Power of Small Wins. Um, I definitely recommend reading it. It's, it's not very long. It's very digestible. Uh, but the author of the research, Teresa Amabile, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, explained that by giving ourselves these little wins, we're basically continuously filling up our fortitude gas tank so that like when things get tough, we have the will to keep going because we actually still feel like we're winning. And that, you know, fundamentally, it all starts with our inner work life. In other words, what, you know, what's going on in our heads as we go through our day, essentially, if we're feeling good, we tend to be more productive and creative. And if we're not feeling so good, well, then we're not as productive and creative. And it's just such a good reminder that work doesn't always have to be fun, but we can make even the unfun stuff by giving ourselves the ability to consistently feel like we're winning through it. And so with that being said, I empower you and encourage you really to begin thinking and working on the unsexy stuff. Don't wait until New Year's Eve to get the groundwork in place for your 2022 planning. I am in the weeds of it now. If you are too, uh, I don't know, take a picture of your cute little planner or something, tag me on Instagram, post it. I would love to share it and see, uh, you know, all sorts of planner porn. That is totally my jam. I've got, you know, two written planners that I like to use, one that's like more personal and business combined, like high level goal setting about, you know, in my soul where I want things to go. And then one that's more like business implementation. And then, of course, I, I'm a hybrid person as much as I love to write things out and to see them on paper. It's got to be my Google Calendar, guys. If, if it's not there, it doesn't exist. And so <laughs> that kind of stuff is often living in multiple places, but I kind of like process and do the work across the board. As I mentioned before, and I'm happy, you know, I guess to leave this in the show notes as well, I'll leave the planners that I personally 
use there if you're interested. Snag them. It is a great time to be diving deep into the goal setting stuff. I Like I said, I love the of this stuff. And if you do too, shoot me a DM and I will make this my fourth episode of the month talking about, you know, productivity, the automation, behind the scenes types of stuff. Cool. So next week we are heading into Asset Protection Month. I cannot believe it's already December. Mind boggling, but I'm pumped. Y'all know this is my bread and butter. And I just asked the members of the Good Bones Facebook group about what questions they might have about asset protection, because that's what I'm going to tackle in the QA episode next month. And so if you've got questions, make sure you head on over to the Facebook group. Again, always linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you left me a five star review and comment about the show. It really does help other real estate entrepreneurs find this podcast. And again, any of the links or resources mentioned in this episode will be over at my website, bonniegallum.com forward slash 36, or you can use the link right there in your podcast app. Take care and I will see you guys here next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. If you want to continue the conversation, jump on over to the free Good Bones Real Estate Investing Facebook group. That's it for this episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'll see you here next week. Same time, same place. Until then, go out and build the real estate empire of your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.